Hey friends, uh, we're back with another episode of Dangerous Advice. Uh, this is the Dangerous Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Williams, and I'm glad to be back. Today is super special because I have some uh, uh, good friends with me today. I have my beautiful wife, Bailey, who's with us, and our dear friend, Kate, as well. Uh, Kate and Bailey have known each other for a long time, and so it's a treat to have them both come on. And we're going to go through some Reddit stories together and talk about some advice and some wisdom and hopefully have a lot of fun along the way as well. But first, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, Bailey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've come on to clarify what Nathan has said about me in the past podcast. <laughs> oh, what, what, do you, what did I say? I'm just kidding. You're oh, always okay. really nice about it. So. I, I was getting nervous there. I was like, oh no, what did I say? Did I say something <laughs> wrong? But anyways, Bay, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Bailey Andrews Williams. I am originally from Coleman, Alabama, and I have grown up in St. John's, which you kind of know a little bit about from his previous podcast. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's, that's it. I, I'm a physical therapist assistant by trade, and that's my line of service. I get to be a physical therapist to patients and a mental therapist, so it's always fun to get to catch up with my patients and talk through yeah. a bunch of fun stories. Oh, yeah, and so uh, she's a really great PTA, and I love her a whole lot. And uh, here we have our dear friend, Kate. Uh, Kate, tell us about yourself. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Very happy to be here. I know this is something we've talked about for a while. Um, the whole Reddit story thing is something Bailey and I really enjoy in yes. other podcasts, so um, love to be able to you know, kind of adapt that toward faith, so that's really fun. Um, <clears throat> my name's Kate Turnage, so I've lived in Coleman um, all my life. Um, I live in Coleman with my husband, Joey. Um, we've been married, it'll be three years this year. Um, wow. Yeah. Three years. I know. That's wild. Fun. Um, I'm a member of Christ First Ministries here in Coleman um, for almost three years now. Um, my husband and I joined when we were dating, so um, I work in HR. So that, that's a very fun occupation. I bet you have a lot of good stories. Yeah, can't divulge anything on the air, huh? but, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, legal legal reasons. Yeah. But uh, how long have you two known each other at this point? We have known each other since preschool. Mm -hmm. oh, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. As a military kid growing up, if I had a friendship that lasted more than three years, I consider that a long-term friendship. So I don't even understand those kind of relationships, those type of friendships, and I'm kind of jealous. But anyways, we'll, we'll roll right into our stories. Uh, the first story we'll talk about uh, comes from Reddit, obviously. It's titled... I'm losing faith in Christianity, not God. Uh, here we go. Seriously, the amount of BS I've been hearing is ridiculous. These teachings I'm about to share with you shouldn't even exist. First horrible teaching. All lies deliberately told are sins. What? You're really going to tell me that lying about where the Jews are hidden to a Nazi officer is evil? This shouldn't even be considered as being fact. May God have mercy on your hardened, law-burdened heart if you truly believe all lies are sin. 
Do not call good evil. Second horrible teaching, cursing all on its own is a sin. This one is a lot less stupid than the first, but that being said, it's still pretty stupid. Bad and good language is determined by the beholder. Bad words can be used in, uh, and then I lost my place, uh, in uplifting ways. Don't be afraid to cuss in the midst of good friends who are okay with it. This really shouldn't be a controversial a take. Come on, guys. Finally, but certainly not the least, horrible teaching. Literally every physical ritual that is deemed necessary for salvation. I'm sorry, I have to be dipped in water and eat a piece of bread in order to receive salvation and have a relationship with God? Do you really not understand that most of those verses are metaphors? I'm sorry, fellow Catholics. I'm just not buying it. So just like the post is over, now this is me talking, even though this post was directed at Catholics, I think even if you're a Protestant, uh, some of these things might resonate with you. Uh, Are we always supposed to tell the truth? Are we, uh, is cursing always bad? Should we do some of these rituals? Like, do we have to do them for salvation? And so I think even Protestants, it matters a lot to us as well. So I'm going to go ahead and give my uh, two cents and then I'll open it up to you two to see what you have to say. Uh, First of all, uh, one thing I always want to know is I don't hear a whole lot about Jesus or God necessarily in this post. I hear about rules, lying and, um, and cussing and doing this and doing that. And so we do want to make sure that those things on their own don't give you salvation. But as Christians, we want to do things that honor and please God. Think about a relationship. You know, you want to do things that make the other person happy. In our case, we want to make God happy. And so that's watching what we say, not to be legalistic, but we want to use speech that honors God. And cussing most of the time doesn't do that. Um, But when it comes to things like uh, uh, being baptized or taking communion, uh, we hold as Protestants, those don't save you, but uh, we do want to be clear that God has called us to do that. So that's a little bit of a difference between Protestant doctrine and Catholic doctrine. But uh, anyways, I I know there's a lot of anger here, a lot of potential bitterness. What do y'all think? Well, I I don't want to sound ugly about it, but this sounds like a very superficial way Mm. of thinking about things and that there's a lot of foundational aspects that is not being brought up of why we do what we do kind of stuff Mm -hmm. instead of you know what he's saying sounds like he doesn't understand the actual relationship with God yeah exactly right I think that's like the main thing that really stuck out to me in the beginning is this person is saying, I'm losing my faith, mm-hmm. which we can assume they have faith. Mm-hmm. So where they got it from, if they're growing up in church, just believing what their parents believe or what they have faith. But then the first sentence is the amount of BS I've been hearing. Mm-hmm. So what is their foundation of faith? Yeah. Because yeah. it's not, he, this person is not rooted in the word. Like they mm-hmm. don't, yeah. I think they're just judging um, they're really easy things to judge in faith by without, you know, establishing and being rooted. Yeah, you're exactly right. Y'all are hitting on the right, right, the right things that if you don't have a foundation 
a lot of the rules don't make sense. They seem ticky-tacky. They seem like, oh, someone just made them up randomly. But the rules make sense when they're based in our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, we should watch what we say. Um, I I do think I want to make a small note about the first point about lying. In the Bible, it says, you shall not bear false witness. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of Christian theologians have debated if if you lied to a Nazi at your door and said, oh, we're not hiding any Jews, go away, um, and you lied to them technically, a lot of theologians would say you didn't actually sin because these are people that didn't deserve the truth. And so it's not like a courtroom scenario where, uh, you know, bear false witness is a legal term. And so not all lying is a sin, even though some people would disagree with that. But anyways, those are just my two cents. Uh, do y'all have anything else or do we want to move into our uh, next story? Well, I think uh, <laughs> if we want to get really deep, that first part that you are talking about, the lies like how you lie, we could really get deep in some ethics. Like, does this good outweigh this good or does this bad outweigh this bad kind of Mm -hmm. thing? So that gets a little deeper than just the pure faith. Yeah, it it can get messy. Ethics often is that way. But anyways, uh, anything else? Or do y'all want to move on to to Bay's story? All right, we'll go ahead. And Bailey, you want to read your post? It, okay, to clarify, it's not her post, but it's the one, <laughs> the one that she chose for uh, our episode today. You want to go ahead? All right, so mine is kind of leaning more into marriage advice necessarily, not so much faith-based, but we're definitely going to bring it into it. So the title really brings you in. I don't think I can live with my wife's expectations. My wife and I have been together for five years and married for two. Her six-year-old son lives with us and I consider him my own. The main problem seems to be that my wife thinks that being married essentially means that all you are, that's all you are, excuse me, you're no longer a person who is married. You're a married person, if that makes sense. I've always been a person that has a hard time sitting still. If I, want, if I wasn't at work, I was hiking, biking, kayaking, shooting photography, working out, rock climbing, etc., etc. I hated sitting at home. While dating, while dating on my own, I slowed way down on those activities to spend time with her. She'd even join in on some of the things I liked. Not once while dating did she raise the slightest objection to me having free time for activities, and I thoroughly enjoyed time with her, so there were no issues on either side. Once we got married, though, things changed. I began to work from home due to COVID, which was hard enough already, but suddenly any time I tried to carve out a little time for myself, she would not have it. She'd either come up with some random tasks that needed to be done at home or just flat say no. It became either go anyway and deal with a week of anger because of it or not go and deal with me hating myself for caving. I even tried to get her to join in on some things like she used to when she was off work. Still no go. 
when she's not working, she just wants to sit around on the couch and quote-unquote rest. We've been around and around on this for probably 18 months of our marriage. She's unwilling to budge whatsoever. She's told me that being married means giving up your old life, and I shouldn't need anything else to make me happy besides her and our son. She's gone so far as to threaten divorce several times because maybe I can find a wife that will let me do whatever I want. I'm not trying to run off all the time. In fact, maybe twice a month I try to carve out a few hours to do something. I'm not leaving her alone with our son. I either try to go when the the in-laws have our son or he's at visitation with his bio father, both of which she's at work. I went from being an individual person to being almost forced into being a stay-at-home dad that isn't allowed to leave the house or else. I don't mind spending most days at home with our son. I really don't, but it's simply not in me to remain cooped up at home with no escape. The most recent time we got into it, I drew the line in the sand that I was indeed going to start getting out of the house and doing things. She blew up and I put another line in the sand and told her if she threatened divorce again, she can go ahead and bring me the papers or I will, as I won't be threatened. After a major blow up on her end and two days of cold shoulder, she calmly talked to me about it. She begrudgingly agreed that I could go do things occasionally, but I could only be on the days our son is at visitation and I couldn't leave before she left for work and I had to be home when she gets home from work. Sounds great, right? Except she only works a few hours on one day, he's on his visit, and the other she's off. I'm not saying I want to be gone all day long, I just don't think it's necessary to put that narrow of a timeline on what I'm allowed to do. When I told her I didn't quite think it was fair, she says she doesn't understand why I'd want to be gone when she's home. It's sort of been put to bed since then, and we're better, but I know full well there will still be turmoil even if I stay within her tiny window of acceptable freedom. I do love her. She's great most of the time, but I can't help but feel trapped and controlled by her unrealistic expectations of what is acceptable in marriage. All right, uh, Bay, Kate, do y'all have any thoughts on boundaries or this particular situation? Yeah, I, I definitely think um, she's being really controlling, the wife is, that, um, you know, a husband and wife, they are one, you know, in a marriage, but they're still compromised, they're still, you're a team, um, and you still have to have your alone time, mm. like, um, my husband really enjoys video games, and that's kind of his outlet. Um, I might craft or, you know, plant flowers or something like that, um, or just watch Netflix. But um, we might be close to each other, but we're still having our alone time. Like, I think you still need that. Mm-hmm. There's um, that balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Bay? I think there's a fine line between people getting married and becoming one and still having your own identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there really should be more emphasis and, like, guidance on this, I think, for premarital counseling. Yeah. Because I think that's one thing that a lot of people have different expectations of when going in. Like, I think that was one for me and you. Mm-hmm. That was a tough one for us. Yeah. Um, trying to find the balance between 
how much we mold and how much we retain of our self. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think one thing about us is I have a very, uh, this is what I say, golden retriever personality. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my wife, Bailey, has a very cat-like personality. And so there will be times when I'm like, all right. You know, let's, you know, I'll be uh, pretty affectionate. And then there are times when she's affectionate and then also times when it's like, hey, I need a little bit of space there. And so walking that line for me has been such a huge area of needed growth. I needed to grow and be able to discern things better. Bailey's helped me with that. But I I definitely think y'all are right. Um, So uh, when it comes to your marriage, Kate and Joe, what, what... Uh, What is that line for you in terms of, oh, maybe we need to spend more time together or, oh, maybe we need to kind of have some alone time? Like, how have y'all worked out that line? So, um, actually, the the majority of our marriage, I'd say the bulk of of the first two years, our jobs really kind of had us separated, not by choice. So, Mm -hmm. um, I had a job where it was just ever-changing um we, we never had weekends off we never really had a consistent day off together so and then we were both working a lot we were saving for a house so we were putting in 60 hour weeks so for us it was come home go to sleep eat you know got you okay. but um in the last maybe five or six months we've both uh changed careers which has allowed us to have weekends off and um it's not something we've actually talked about, but it's kind of just naturally happened. Natural rhythm. Yeah. Like, if, if he needs some time, he'll just, you know, he'll go, um, you know, play game or whatever. You know, I'll go for a walk. You know, we kind of do our own thing. I enjoy thrifting, so I'll be like, hey, I'm just going to go thrift for a few hours on Saturday um, and have that alone time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think um, <laughs> I think a big part of that is some for some people it's natural, which is which is great. I think a, a a good thing to develop is you know communication, just talking about your needs and your wants, which in the beginning of a marriage can be tricky because you know you're stepping softly, you don't want to you know offend the other person or make them upset. Um, but at the same time, you probably have things you need to say, and mm-hmm. so trying to say them truthfully and also gracefully can be tough mm-hmm. to, to balance those things out. Uh, Bay, do you have any any more thoughts? Also, I think that this is kind of crossing the line of being controlling yeah. on another person. And you wouldn't do that to your best friend. Like, I wouldn't tell Caitlin, like, you have to be with me twice a week for these hours. You know? I saw the contract, though. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, you, you can't control your partner. Like, yeah. you have to understand that this person has their own life, their own desires and hobbies and things that bring joy to their life. Oh, yeah. That that's a mutual respect, and she's not giving that mm-hmm. respect to him. Yeah, and, and it's tough because in this particular case, uh, she's wielding divorce as kind of a weapon, and, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. very damaging. And so hopefully they're able to work through things and there's uh, relationship counseling and all these different options before it would get to that point. But it's really tricky because that's a, 
I would say that's a little manipulative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Give me what I want. Divorce, uh, you can wield it that way. Uh, sex is another potential weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, money, all those things. And it's so hard because the Bible says the two shall become one, but that process is really messy. And so uh, to, to get better and to grow closer, it's tricky, but I think, mm-hmm. I think it's worth the effort. Um, I've talked with Bailey about this before. I think we do live in a uh, potentially, at times, uh, divorce, trigger, happy, mm-hmm. at, at times. Sometimes it's necessary. There are abusive situations, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes it's like, man, I've been married for a year. I'm not happy. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, marriage is something worth fighting for. But um, but anyways, all uh, just some thoughts on the post. Do y'all have any more, uh, Bay? But I think where you're coming from on that side, like the trigger happy divorce stuff, we see that because people do not have their marriage based on the biblical side of things. They jump into relationships and marriages without honoring what they actually are. Yeah. Um, if, if it's not a foundation of grace and forgiveness, sometimes it's, oh, a mistake has been made, I'm out. And that can be really tricky. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Um, but anyways, y'all have anything else or shall we move on to uh, Kate's story? I'm ready. Good. Let's All right, go. Kate, go on and All read right. your post. Marriage and Mormons, guys. Yeah. Marriage and Mormons. <laughs> Good title. Um, so my... You're not gonna my make that the, the title of the let podcast, me, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, let, me, <laughs> let me repeat. This is not Kate's post, but this is the post that she chose. Yes. I'm really gonna have to come up with something better to say than that. I said the same thing. Uh, so you know, Kate, go on with okay. a not your post. <clears throat> so the title is concerning Mormon Christianity. Um, they prefaced it by saying, "Please read the full post before adding any comments." Um, Over the past two weeks, I've seen several posts, threads, comments, etc. addressing the tired old theme of whether Mormon Christianity counts as real Christianity. This post is not meant to say anything about whether or not the Church of the Latter-day Saints or Mormons is correct, true, evil, cultish, fishy, prudish, neat, or weird. The full purpose of this post is to clear up category errors and demonstrate that the church falls under the broad umbrella of Christianity at large. Consider this. As we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ. We preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies, that our children may know what source they may look for remission of their sins. Second Nephi, I believe, 25-26. This isn't an obscure footnote, but is, within the LDS Church, a well-beloved and oft-quoted verse of Scripture in the most recognizable text of Mormon Christianity. The Book of Mormon, Another Testament of Jesus Christ. Here's another. We believe that through the atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. We believe that the first principle of ordinances of the gospel are, first, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Second, repentance. Third, baptism by immersion for the remission of our sins. Fourth, laying on the hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Articles of Faith 3 and 4 written by Joseph Smith, still published and considered official. Yes, it may be that you can cite a Mormon Christian leader member, past or present, who has said or done something controversial. Yes, it may be that you find Mormon Christianity misguided or silly or inconsistent. Yes, you might find that some silver sliver of the LDS doctrine or an obscure scriptural passage 
of which your Mormon Christian friend was not aware. However, despite this, it is both unfair and incorrect to tell someone that you have a more correct picture than they about their own personal beliefs. You might want to show them contradictions or persuade them of misunderstanding, that's fine, but virtually all individual practicing Mormon Christians do believe in Jesus Christ as a divine Savior and Redeemer of humanity. This is central to their identity. On the official website of the LDS Church, under the tab Our Beliefs, is this sentence up front and in bold. All our beliefs center on Jesus Christ. We celebrate his matchless life and in his infinite grace, and we invite him all to come unto him. A church which believes in Jesus Christ as both literal and divine and holds that only because of his atonement can humankind have hope of salvation is the definition of a Christian church. Lastly, Mormon Christianity believes in the Holy Bible as the literal word of God. Yes, they have some qualifiers in there, so does C.S. Lewis, and no one questions his bona fides. All right, Kate, uh, what are some thoughts that you have on, on this post? So broadly, um, I, I disagree wholeheartedly that Mormonism is Christianity. I do not believe that the Church of Latter-day Saints is, does fall under the um, umbrella of Christianity. Um, and I believe this broadly because um, they may claim that they follow Jesus Christ, um, but they, they feel as though every, they, they contradict mm. the Bible. They contradict the Word of God. They, they feel like um, Joseph Smith, who was around the 1800s um, in, like, the New York area, dug up some gold-plated things, and, and that the Bible was not enough. Yeah. That basically they think the Bible was not enough, so um, this prophet Joseph Smith went and found these, these new editions, and he's a prophet, and, you know, there's all this stuff that, that was missing. And that, you know, God is not the Trinity, you know, there's three separate people, that God was once a human and then transformed to be a God, and you can do the same. You know, it's possible for you to do the same. Um, So there's lots of things not mentioned in this post that are very big, big um, differences between Christianity. Um, But the biggest one I would say for me is that um, they fundamentally believe that they need these other things. They need the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. They need Joseph Smith's two cents when his grace is sufficient and what he gave us is enough. It's it's all in one. Like we yeah. don't need to add our own spin to things. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly right. So yeah. yeah, that's that's my viewpoint on it. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll agree with everything you said. Uh, Mormons and other, I'll throw in Jehovah's Witnesses and other similar type cults. Uh, And now, okay, I want to clarify. When I say cults, I don't mean some, you know, uh, what was it? Jim Jones, take you you to the jungle, drink the Kool-Aid, everyone dies. I don't mean those kind of cults. What I mean by cults is like a kind of unorthodox, kind of spurious knockoffs of Christianity. I don't mean anything necessarily like particularly dangerous with Mormonism, but uh, but you're, you're, you're right. Uh, there are several problems with Mormonism. Uh, one is they do believe that you can become gods. Uh, under Orthodox Christianity, that's blasphemy, saying that the Father used to be like a human like us. 
Jesus is not, you know, he was not eternal. Jesus was created. And so that's a, that's blasphemy as well. And so what's happened with these cults, they have perfected the way of talking about their faith and making it sound Christian. So they'll talk about Jesus Christ, they'll talk about grace, the Father, the Holy Spirit, but as you said, they don't believe in the Trinity, they believe Jesus was created, they think the Father was a man like you and me, etc., etc. And so, uh, yeah, but they won't tell you those things up front. Mm -hmm. And I heard a statistic, I need to verify this, but 75% of people who convert to Mormonism are former Christians. Mm -hmm. And so it just sounds so familiar. And Mormons, to their credit, we have a lot we can learn from them. They're very friendly. They work hard uh, as a stereotype. And, and there's a lot of positive things they've done for, uh, let's say, this country, the United States. And so they're, uh, you know, industrious. And so there are things that are uh, very evangelistic, too, mm -hmm. we could learn from that. I, but, just, uh, yeah. I just need to know because... Me and Caitlin are from here, and you are not. Did you ever see the commercials that were sponsored by the Church of the Latter-day Saints? I don't remember that were them. positive, uplifting commercials. Can you, can you tell me about Specifically them? Specifically on Saturday mornings. I, I cannot <laughs> say. So as, as Bailey noted, I'm a darn Yankee, as I am known here, and sometimes darn is substituted for another word. And uh, yeah, so I, I did not hear or, or watch Saturday morning uh, LDS cartoons. If, uh, not cartoons. Oh, <laughs> LDS cartoons. Uh, no, uh, commercials, my bad. It was like um, like Fox or something, I think, was the channel that Fox. we had. And it was those really educational shows that uh what was it jack Hanna's adventures and stuff okay that's when those commercials would come on but if anybody's listening to this and remembers these commercials please give me a shout out yes let us know i'm if not crazy i promise i don't remember any of that but <laughs> oh. i don't remember anything so Kate says she does not remember anything, and I have to say that's me too. Uh, I don't, I don't recall those commercials. That doesn't mean they didn't happen. Um, my memory is not the not the most solid thing in the world. But and, and a final note on Mormon doctrine, uh, it's also another works-based religion. So it's what mm -hmm. I call Jesus plus. Jesus is great. But you also have to do things to, yeah. to earn your salvation. Yeah. And that's pretty typical of most religions. But, um, you know, anyway, so just my thoughts on it. Uh, so I think, does that wrap up these? Oh, Bailey has more uh, thoughts. I just, I was kind of thinking, reading through this on all the points that this person's making towards that Mormonism is under Christianity. They can use a lot of different aspects of verses and quotes and anything to be subjectively noted. Yeah. And that's the key word as being subjective because you can take it how you want to take it. Oh, yeah. And they're making some great points on why it's linked to it, but there's a lot of more points as to why it wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a lot about what they leave out. 
Um, it used to be Mormons in the beginning, they used to say that they were the only true church when they first started out. Only true church, everything else was apostate, all other churches had fallen away. But recently, I don't know when they turned, they started to rebrand themselves as another denomination within the Christian umbrella. So hey, we're like you, we're like the Baptists and the, and the Methodists and the Lutherans, we're just another denomination. So something that probably has worked for them is rebranding themselves. It's less controversial than saying all of Christianity is uh, the false church and we only have the true church. And so I feel that's a safer route to go. But um, do y'all have any more thoughts or can we, uh, you know, head on to our next question that I have for y'all? Um, so this is, as far as I know, y'all's first podcast episode that you've been on. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think? It's a new experience. Okay. Would y'all be open to coming back on? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think Caitlin kind of referenced this earlier. We have a podcast that we found a long time ago that took Reddit stories and would kind of give their take and advice on different things. And we're just a little bit addicted to it. And we've always talked about, like, what about our advice? What about our two cents? People need to hear from us. People need to hear it. People need to hear your thoughts. So we're glad that you're giving us an outlet to be those people. That's exciting. Y'all can are definitely welcome back anytime. Kate, what, what did you think about your first podcast experience? Really enjoyed it. Um, something I enjoyed more than I thought is like doing the research and finding the story and then, you know, putting um, my viewpoint and like my faith and mm-hmm. what I've learned and what I can learn into it and just, you know, strengthening that like yeah. Now, if I talk to a Mormon, you'll be ready. I know a little You're bit. Ready. <laughs> you'll be ready. And ready I, to inform them. And I think that's important. Sometimes, when it comes to uh, sermons and uh, classes, we can get very pie in the sky type. Mm-hmm. But with stories like these, from uh, well, we're everyday people, and we read stories from everyday people, kind of helps to make our faith practical and stuff that we can actually hold on to versus stuff that seems like it's way out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, friends, I hope y'all enjoyed this. We're going to have more episodes as the weeks go by. And uh, yeah, so Bay and Kate, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yes, it's been fun. All right, y'all, that's all for today. Keep on coming back. I'll talk to you later.